Hey, My Mom's Basement listeners, you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, and Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Mom's Basement presented by Barstool Sports and 3G. I am your host, Robbie Fox, or am I? And this is my co-host, Clem, or is it? No, 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 we're going to cut this in the bud right now. This is Robbie Fox, this is Clem, and we have not been scrolls since Civil War. We are here to talk about the finale of Secret Invasion, which was, it was controversial, Clem, to say the least. It is the lowest rated Marvel project ever on Rotten Tomatoes. It has, I think, 13% as of this recording. It wasn't, uh, wasn't really well received by the internet, and I would say it wasn't super well received by the basement boys am i right about that nope um i haven't seen the internet this mad about a model project since uh when secret invasion used the ai stuff to draw the opening or whatever people were really mad about that remember that seems oh, yeah. like a picnic right now <laughs> kevin yeah. feige's probably going back to all those angry uh hate mail messages and voicemails he got because the it's burning. It's burning out there right now. It's not fun, but I have to say it's well earned by Marvel because basement boys, we always try to see the good in these things. We try to like hype ourselves up saying, all right. And I do think the beginning of secret invasion, we had some moments and we're like, all right, this is yeah. what it's going to be. And then we had like one big scroll reveal, which happened like a couple episodes ago. And the paranoia wasn't really there. I I don't know about the secret. So this is it. I'm I know I I'm not a big comics books guy in terms of I didn't read a lot of the different comic arcs over the year. I, I read my comics. I was an X Men guy. A couple other things along the way. Secret Invasion is like the lamest fucking arc of all time in my mind right now because all I know is the show and the show is like oh yeah. Rhodey's a scroll a tier three maybe four Avenger when it comes down to it. And that was the big reveal. And, you know, Nick Fury slinging his dingling in a scroll as well. That was it. He <laughs> <married> a scroll. <laughs> yeah, I think they completely went off base on term in terms of like the comic book storyline. And this I saw some articles like Marvel has a problem in that they refuse to hire MCU fans. Like if you're a fan of the comics, they try to maybe shy away from that. They specifically told the writers of this secret invasion don't even read that secret invasion like we're not doing that so it's i don't know i don't know what the purpose of the show was in the end you know like in the beginning i agree we had some moments of potential when you kill off maria hill in episode one i'm like oh shit they're showing us some stakes they're showing us they're willing to kill people off i thought the first scene was incredible with that guy that was like scrolls remember he had the lisp (laughs) and he was trying to sell him on it that was awesome So I was very much thinking this could be Marvel's mature step up into espionage and thriller and political thriller. Wasn't much politics. I never really felt the stakes of World War Three. Of all the things in life, one of the best has to be getting high wherever you want, whenever you want, without the paranoia of consuming some sketchy black market stuff. What's the best way to do that? With 3Chi, of course. You don't have to worry about any scrolls with 3Chi. They have the highest quality cannabis products from their delicious Delta 9 edibles and their industry-leading Delta 8 products to their new line of Delta 9O vapes and everything in between. For all racing fans and cannabis and vape enthusiasts, there's more. They're introducing a new Kyle Cush disposable vape that pays homage to NASCAR driver Kyle Busch that has a potent blend of Delta 8, HHC, THCP, and CBC. This disposable vape is designed to deliver an exhilarating vaping experience that you won't forget. So what are you waiting for? Race to 3G.com and order your Kyle Cush disposable vape today. And while you're there, grab some other Kyle Cush merch or stock up on some extra gummies. I love their gummies, the black raspberry, the blue raspberry, the orange dreamsicle. They're all great. My mom's basement listeners will get an exclusive 15% off discount on all of 3G's premium THC products by going to 3G.com. And using the promo code BASEMENT15, that's BASEMENT15, to take 15% off your order. Must be 21 or older to purchase. Please use this stuff responsibly. Again, it will show up on a drug test. It will get you high, so use it responsibly. But if you're into that stuff, 3chi.com, the promo code is BASEMENT15. I saw an article, I think it was comicbook.com, 
said Peacemaker did Secret Invasion much better than Secret Invasion. <laughs> and that really like resonated oh, with man. me because I was like, man, I felt the stakes of when you find out the leader of their team, you know, spoilers for Peacemaker, sorry to, but whatever. When you find that out, I felt that in my chest more than I ever felt World War Three or a million scrolls invading Earth in Secret Invasion. So, yeah, it just kind of fizzled out. I feel like they lit a match in the beginning and it just it burnt out real quick. And the finale was just, oh, I again, I always try to be positive on these things. I watched the whole finale with this look on my face. It was like this. If you're not watching on YouTube, it's a it's a bit of a cringe because between the CGI and the choices they were making, I felt like they were half breaking the MCU and half putting that $212 million that went into this show to very bad use. I don't know if this, the artists were rushed again and it was a VFX problem, but man, that was what the She-Hulk finale was making fun of with the CGI fight in the end. Suddenly the She-Hulk finale, you go back to that and you just watch that scene. You're like, oh, this hits even better now than it did yeah. <laughs> a couple of months ago. Right. And I mean, we can, we, so you know how people have felt about She-Hulk. We know how people felt about this. Um, we had Miss Marvel. We had different things along the way. It got to the point where I was happy it was 37 minutes. I saw 37 minutes of the finale. I was like, you know, this is probably for the best here. I was kind of happy about it. I'm like, hey, maybe they wrap it up perfectly, but I just don't want to have an hour. And then I'm like, I can't believe I wasted an hour of my life. I wasted 33 minutes of my life or whatever it was. I can't believe I'm saying this. Bob, we've been in the basement together for a very long time here. We've gone through mm -hmm. a lot of projects. We've done a lot of podcasts. And I never thought I'd say this, but I have to say it. I have to. I have to. It's a, it's a sacred fucking phrase, and it's a sacred word that begins with. I'm going to say it. I don't trust the Feige anymore. Oh, I can't, no. I can't trust the Feige when you keep giving me bad fucking TV shows. And there have been some good TV shows. I know there's people who like this TV show. And I'm not going to say this was like the worst TV show ever. I think it had its moments. I think like Sonya is, I'm so happy she's in the MCU. Uh, I'm happy. Thank she, God they kept her alive. Oh. Yes. Oh, that would have been bad. Um, I thought, I thought the actor play graphic was pretty fucking cool for like, the, until they just completely like wrote his character, like a fucking doofus. The idea of having Rhodey as a scroll was cool. And still he started going like, ah, kill the Russians. Ah! He was like, a fucking <laughs> like comically like pure evil villain. And the yeah. bum ass president can't sniff it out. Or like the Admiral that was in the room. He's just talking shit on everybody saying stupid pills. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here right now? So after all this, man, I just can't trust the Feige. Like, um, we've, we, there were, if you go back and listen to the podcast, there was a lot of times where shows were like, all right, we like this, but we didn't like this. We like that, but we didn't like that. Um, Loki was awesome. I really liked WandaVision, even though, I, again, at the end of WandaVision, I'm like, well, that kind of suffered from the old, uh, what we call the True Detective season, season one problem, where Reddit made a better show than the actual showrunners did. But there is just a lump of bad TV shows. And listen, you make a bad movie, a couple bad movies, I can live with it. It's like two hours, hour and a half, hopefully. I mean, let's cut down on the fucking run times with the movies at this point, too. We don't yeah. need two and a half, three hour Marvel movies. You really don't, especially if they're not going to be fucking Infinity War, Guardians 3, whatever you want to call it level. But like going through every single week, and maybe this is because we're doing the pod as well, so then it's like double dipping because you're doing it and then you're recapping it. But at some point, man, like... I just can't keep watching bad shit and being like, all right, keep feeding me this fucking slop here, Kevin. So uh, this is the first time I, I, I don't trust the Feige. And I'm actually, <laughs> I, I think I wrote it in the blog a few weeks ago. I'm happy Bob Iger was like, listen, we're going to pump the brakes on Star Wars and Marvel content. Probably because they can't just keep writing off like billion dollar fucking entities yeah. as they hemorrhage money out of Disney Plus. But like, where the fuck in that show did $221 million go? <laughs> Again, I, I hope it just means in the actors' pockets. I hope it just means that everyone was getting the bag for doing this show, but it screams money laundering scheme. <laughs> it's wow. crazy. We've uncovered a scandal of mattress mag firm MCU. <laughs> mattress it's crazy. Matic universe. Oh. Now, I, I, I trust the Feige. I'm going to say that. I still trust the Feige. I understand why you don't. I think we need like for the next year or the next whatever amount of projects, we need to make like a report card like the Marvels, I think, is the next project. Also, you know what worries me? 
the way they wrap up Secret Invasion does not lead me to believe that they're going to reference it pretty much ever again, other than Gaia. I think Gaia will probably join like the Thunderbolts or a team like that. But I I, I don't know because hmm. do you think they it's important broke everything? Do you think it's important they reference the strongest character we've ever seen in the history of the ever. cinematic universe? They just they're like she's like Captain Marvel if she was also the Hulk, if she was also the Guardians, if she was like ah what the fuck happened <laughs> this series and Secret Invasion. People were like, it was a complete mindfuck. Every time you're opening the comic book, you didn't know who was going to turn. You couldn't trust anybody. And at this point, I'm just like, all right, there's going to, like, I don't know. Fury's definitely Fury. He's acting kind of funky. And obviously the whole, you know, switch during the finale was one thing. But, like, what, what, what are we doing here, man? And listen, that was the other thing. The Marvels, and I, I heavy spoilers, reference this a lot. And it's a fair point. Did you really need to come out with the Marvel's trailer with Nick Fury in it a week uh, before, yeah. you know, there's a chance Nick Fury might die, which I honestly thought going into it, like there's a chance like Samuel L's getting old. It feels like, you know, they're kind of taking this to another level. I didn't think it was going to happen, but there was a possibility. And it's like, oh no, he's clearly in the fucking next movie that is coming out for them. So yeah. what are we doing here, man? And I, I wrote this the other day too, and this just comes mostly for the shows. And I, the Gen V trailer came out, which is the boys spinoff. And it looks awesome. And I'm like, ah, you know, I think it's still going to be good. And then I'm thinking about it. Wait, I go, every episode of the boys feels like a mini movie. There's like a beginning, a middle, an end. It keeps you entertained the entire time. And I'm like, how can the boys, this completely different brand, make a good TV show every episode? Every, like, there's not a time where I'm like, man, that was a waste of my hour. Every time I am like fucking locked in on the boys and ready to binge and go to the next one. Yet with Marvel, it's like, shit. I just hope, like, hope we get something as cool as Shooter McGavin showing up in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Marvel is at this point. You feel like you, you hope you get a good couple episodes per show. I feel like Miss Marvel, we were happy about getting like a good first episode and finale. You know, yeah. we were like, we got two good ones out of it. Wow, <laughs> She Hulk, we got that Daredevil one, and we like the finale as well. Um, but they're like yeah, baseball it, players. It's like if you bat 333, you're a yeah. Hall of Famer, and that's basically what yeah. the MCU has become. That's that's crazy. And as far as the shows go, it feels like WandaVision and Loki were the only ones that were truly like important to the MCU, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens with Falcon and Winter Soldier, but yeah, that even kind of, but even in that show, it's like the whole story arc was him getting the shield, which he was given at the end of Endgame. So they did a couple back steps and then they did a couple forward steps, you Oof. know, John Walker will come back and yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, Loki's the only one with like a great finale. I think that felt like it had consequences on the universe. The Loki finale, like brought it up a level in my mind. So you see that and you're like, when yeah. you think of Loki now, you think of that last scene, which like their which greatest now, moment is yeah. because of a guy who they're probably like, how the fuck do we get out of this contract? And like the seven movies that we have his character's name in it right now. Right. Yeah. So it's like, they're taking losses on shit that isn't even technically their fault. So it's, it's a wild, I'm going to be interested to see how Feige digs himself out. You're trust the Feige. I am no longer trust the Feige. I do not. What's the opposite of trust distrust. I don't, I guess I don't actively distrust the Feige. I am just like, hey, Foggy, what's up, man? So it's, you know what it is? <laughs> you are, you, I, okay, so it's, if, if I distrust the Foggy more, but being your cap, I'm Tony Stark, and like the Winter Soldier is kind of Foggy in this point. Yeah. You're like, I see the good in him, Glenn. Yeah. I'm like, this fucking guy, Rob, do I gotta like show you the finale of Secret Invasion again? So it'll be is that is that him killing your mom? <laughs> he basically did that 37 minutes was basic no you know what quantum mania killed my was the killing of my mom that yeah. hurt a lot too so you because we have to lump some of the bad movies in with it all as well and i can't be like oh well he had guardian 3 guardian 3 was written before they fired J uh james cameron um what's his name? <laughs> no uh, james gunn yeah not on. james cameron we don't say the c word around here <laughs> yeah that's our c word <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the Gaia breaking the MCU thing. Another thing I wanted to mention about that when they give her the Drax arm, that was one of the worst visuals I've oh. ever seen. And also I was, I was confused about this and I also saw tweets about it. Why did she have Drax's tattoos? That's not part of his fucking powers, right? 
It's just strong guy Drax and and it looked like a baby arm, even though Drax is fucking an enormous person. It, it was just weird. And this is a fair point. Someone said it. Could it could it be the curse of Amelia Clark? You put Amelia Clark in a big brand, and everything seems like it's good, and then the finale comes, and everyone's just like, "Fuck you," because it's just Thrones 2.0. Basically, is what happened there. I feel bad, but we need an Endgame version of Secret Invasion where they go back to not save her, but save Talos. <laughs> yes. Because he felt like he died for nothing as well. Like, why did you kill him and Maria Hill in this show? It, that doesn't make any sense to me. There, I, I almost feel like the executive was like, all right, so I need to have like three big moments that happen. I need to have three this, three that. And they're like, all right, so uh, Talos, Talos, which by the way, I'm your one dollar to the St. Jude. I've realized they got to give it back. Yeah. Yeah. People <laughs> say it different ways. I think uh, Sonia says Olivia Coleman says it. And uh, Talos, says it. Yeah. 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 So she comes. Through I was saying it the again. British way, though. So St. Jude can keep my dollar. <laughs> yeah. You were like thinking of the o- Oasis. You were acting like the Gallagher brothers yeah, or something. You just had a exactly. little accent on it. That's fine. Um, But they're like, yeah, well, Maria Hill dies and Talos dies. And, you know, one other thing. And then like, give me some action scenes as well. We're going to turn. uh. We're going to turn Gaia and Nick Fury's wife into fucking commandos in her house. That's going to be awesome. You guys are going to love that. And yeah. And I just, I, I honestly think it fell flat and I'm, I'm sure we're going to get up with people who liked it or maybe even loved it. I just, ugh, that was tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's not tough is the ticket purchasing process with game time, the exclusive ticketing partner of Barstool Sports. We love game time created by fans for fans. Game time is the ticketing app that makes it easier than ever to score last minute deals on tickets to sports, concerts, shows, and more. They guarantee the lowest price as well. There's a ton of stuff coming up with game time. You've got festival season, Drake, Morgan Wallen, dead and company all on tour right now. Pup punk's basically about to go on tour. Uh, Mets Yankees, Anything you want on game time, they've got WWE tickets. I just got some tickets on game time for SummerSlam. I'm going next weekend. Can't wait. It's all possible with the game time app. The biggest last minute price drops can be found in the seats you never thought you could buy. The purchase process just takes two taps and 10 seconds. Once you buy your tickets, they're delivered directly to your phone. No printer needed. And the app also allows you to easily share tickets via friends uh, with friends via text so you can get into the game seamlessly. Skip the hassle and enjoy the moment. Download the GameTime app or go to their website, enter your email, and redeem the code MMB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. It really is the easiest thing ever. Can't wait for SummerSlam. Going to Detroit, Ford Field. It's going to be awesome. Um, back to a uh, thing that you mentioned, Rhodey just being an absolute. Uh, Robbie's just like taking the body back. He's like, all right, now we're going to kick the shit out of his body. For one, more thing. <laughs> one more thing about this fucking Rhodey thing. You mentioned he's just a villain in this show, like straight up acting completely different than we've ever seen Rhodey act. He's always been a pretty even keeled, like sensible guy. And then in this, he's like, Mr. President, this, that, the next thing. Fuck the Russians. Fuck this guy. Get this guy's clearance out of the room. Like, horrible change in character dynamic if you're going to tell us that he has been a scroll since Civil War, which I think the ending implies with him in the hospital gown that he was in in Civil War, and he's kind of, you know, learning how to walk again. I don't know if that's just because he was in the, you know, scroll holding chamber for so long. But it really ruins that scene with Nebula in Endgame if he was a scroll. Like, there's not a ton that it completely ruins. I'll give you that because he is, like you said, like a lower tier Avenger, I guess. But that scene with Nebula where they each talk about being, you know, part machine and having to learn to live with that. Come on, man. Don't And they were kind of pussies about how they revealed it. I'm going to say that, too, because mm-hmm. they they took a half measure with they just kind of implied like, oh, how long have you been in there? A long time. So I think they'll be able to retcon it now that the fans have clearly voiced their opinion that we don't like this. The uh, writers of Armor Wars, uh, which I'll be honest, our writers of Armor Wars, I'm, I'm not really excited to see your project right now. Uh, I kind of hope, again, I think everything that was going to be a movie should be a show and a show of like, three episodes and every show should now be a special presentation that takes an hour. So give me a, an hour armor wars. And in that, tell us that Rhodey after the events of Endgame, 
was in the hospital because they all got their asses just yes. absolutely <laughs> beat, right? Because you take away the Tony Stark funeral, right? You take away yeah. the moment with Nebula. You take away the fact that they were fighting it. He was protecting the Earth, Earth and Infinity War. And you're kind of just killing the character at this point. You just yeah. make his best moments, basically. You're just like, see ya. So you might well just bring back Terrence Howard at that point. And someone brought up, I guess, that he bled in Endgame. So they were like, no, he can't be a scroll because he had, like, red blood in Endgame. But I'm pretty sure Graphic in, like, Episode 1 had red blood as well. So they were muddy about the details of scroll mm. reveals as well. So Graphic, I can't believe they killed him, too. Okay, so that's the other thing here. They made this character that seemed like it was pretty cool. He had a fair, the first half of Gravik, you're like, all right, I kind of see where he's coming from, which is why when every villain thrives is when you understand. Yep. Obviously, my, my dog Thanos, Magneto's thing is like he has seen such the, the evils of humanity. You can't even blame him for fucking despising them. And then Gravik, it's like, yeah, not only is his species just getting like put through the ringer, but like his father figure after both his fucking parents died, just abandoned him and... We have this like, oh, shit, that moment in the museum, right, where they're kind of going back and forth. Yep. The actor rules. The graphic actor is awesome. So his name is Kingsley Benadier, right? Yep. I'm calling it right now. I called it with Eddie and you on the Barbenheimer podcast, and I'm putting on the record right now. That guy is going to win an Oscar. That guy is going to win an Oscar within 10 years. So by June 28th. 2033, he will have a fucking nice shiny Oscar on his shelf to do with him that whatever they did with him in this last couple, these last couple episodes was criminal. It was criminal, man. And I yeah. know like at, at this point, I'm almost, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, all right, just eliminate the scrolls from our lives. And we, but like, we're going to fucking space next. They're going to be a big part of space as well. So it's like, you kind of just wasted this character. You gave him every fucking power of all the Avengers. And then he just got watched it. it like, I don't even want to rewatch the show because I'm just going to get angry watching his scenes. Yeah, and I felt like he actually had good scenes in the finale in terms of, like, the actor. He was very good in his monologue with, like, uh, Fury where they're in the, the chamber, chamber of secrets, scrolls thing. Um, but killing him, it was one, the, one of the main things I said to Devlin. I was talking to Devlin in the office, one of our friends at Barstool, and he said, what do you want the finale to do before it came out? And I said, I want them to keep Gravik alive and just make him the Super Scroll. So at least yep. this show feels like it had consequences and that we watched it for something. Even with Vara at the end, when he's like, you want to come up to space with me? And she's like, yeah, I'll come up, but uh, I got to leave immediately. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. I cringed and rolled my eyes because I was like, that just means she's not in the Marvels, which people have now come out like leakers or whatever have come out and said, yeah, she ain't referenced. She ain't in the Marvels. <laughs> so it's just like sure if you want to look at this in the lens of hey we never thought we would get a nick fury led show with a couple more cool nick fury scenes good back and forth with samuel L. jackson and some a-list actors or you know a-list level uh in terms of their ability good if you're looking at it in terms of like was this supposed to set up the marvels or captain america new world order or brave new world or whatever or thunderbolts i don't know there's still not a lot of connectivity in this phase of the mcu and it is getting a little frustrating like do i think this deserves 13 percent on rotten tomatoes no right. it, it it doesn't it's yep. you know it's not a good finale it's one of the one of the worst finales i would say out of their shows i would put it towards the bottom but i would still rather watch this than a lot of other stuff um it's, I think, just it's not fatigue, but it's people are beat down by these shows meaning nothing. And I don't know, like, we all thought they would mean so much more from how WandaVision and Loki were hyped, essentially. If it's almost as if they could have just self contained these shows and made them good and then figured out how to make everything come together with the next Avengers movie. Yeah. You could have lived with that, but it's like they weren't really good. And you're like, all right, but it's going to mean more. And then it didn't mean more. And then I like WandaVision when they pulled the old Quicksilver okie toke on us looking back at that was a goddamn wild move. A goddamn wild them move. boner. 
<laughs> they called him Boner. Like, his name's Boner. Isn't that funny? And we were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you th- I, do you think that the reception or maybe the, which again, Rotten Tomato scores are so silly because it just becomes like a place where you can, you know, vent your fury for lack of a better term. Nice. If this was released like two years ago, right? After WandaVision or maybe after Loki and everyone's not like so burnt out with the MCU. Do you think people wouldn't be as mad? But this is kind of like, again, you throw this and Ant-Man together and I, those are two projects I thought were going to be through the fucking roof and they both yeah. just completely flopped. Then people are, are like, all right, get the pitchforks out, light the torches. We're going to go fucking stage an internet fucking rally here. It's it's yeah. crazy. And now, I, Bob, I think, yeah. looking back, did Marvel know? Because remember, we're like, they're not promoting this at all. They haven't put it anywhere. And they usually are hammering you over the head where they're like, look, we're already like 221 million in the hole in this thing. Let's not spend a dime and hope maybe they just even forget. And then we could just make a real yeah. secret invasion in a couple of years when we actually hire people that know what they're talking about here. Like, I would not be surprised if this just disappeared from Disney Plus and they wrote it off. I, <laughs> I honestly wouldn't. And I feel bad for Jose Youngs, our friend who. Oh, no. I, I don't think he's watched it yet. Oh, I think God. He was waiting for it all to come out. Oh, God, no. He was so excited. Oh. He was he was breathing so deep. His mic was blowing out when we told him Secret Invasion was going to become a show. He was like, you guys don't understand this story. <laughs> you guys. <gasps> and uh, I almost want to text him and be like, Dude, no, don't do it. So I'm you're not going to like this. it. I'm torn on this. The friend of me wants to do that because we like yeah. him. He's a friend of the basement. The bar stool content, the, the the Portnoy part of my brain that loves to see other people, you know, get their hearts ripped out. Yeah. I kind of want to like watch a live stream of Jose watching like, just, like four <laughs> hours of television and breathing in like that way, but in like pure anger you know anger yeah yeah it's you he if sounds like he's breathing but it's actually the steam coming out of his ears (laughs) that you're hearing another thing no post-credit scene oh so i heard that someone hit us up on twitter yeah a few people did we're like and respect to those people i i I appreciate you at least like uh bracing the fall because once like the credits roll i'm like i could turn this hunk of junk off and just throw the i threw my tv out the window i was like now i'm done for the day (laughs) uh i was like all right but I said, I said, I, I was mad before it even happened because I'm like, you know what? And I kind of convinced myself of this. I said it a few episodes ago. I'm like, I'm pretty sure like the biggest moment of the whole goddamn season is going to take place in the post credits. It's kind of always been Nick Fury's thing anyway. And then they just don't even have it after that uh, finale. And I'm like, now nah, you're just now nah, you're just fucking with me. Now you're just trying to see how much you can piss me off here. And like it, it's tradition in a way, like the only marvel movie or project that i'm aware of without a post-credit scene is the friggin end game and maybe i don't know if the uh this special werewolf by night and guardians i don't remember if those have post-credit scenes yeah. but like it, like it would be weird to have a post-credit scene in end game i think it's like they tied yes. it up and they give their i totally to get why they didn't yes. exactly um this one was just like this is literally the show where you're like teasing and paranoia and apparently there's going to be scrolls and shit in uh brave new world. I've heard the Marvels basically is like completely unrelated to this show and basically treats it like it never happened. Um, what, what's going on there? What if, you know, it's crazy. It sounds, I'm thinking about it just out loud, the way our Marvel fans brains work. And I completely admit that we're like, kind of i don't want to say idiots but like we're fanatics and we just get hyped about things if they that post-credit scene had been a reveal like let's see who's like a who's a big mcu who's a big hero right now who's like the one of the biggest heroes and dr strange i don't know if you can really do with dr strange someone on that level like (sighs) black like it's this this is the problem marvel herself maybe it's just it's hard to do because we did lose like like our chunk of our our big guys right and then um like thor i I don't know but say yeah say they just like they're they're like thor like shows up and he turns into a scroll i'm like oh my god thor is a scroll and that would have just led the story instead of like and it would have been like 113 percent Rotten Tomatoes, even though it would have made no fucking yeah. sense, and he wasn't in the show for a minute. People would have just been going crazy. It would have been absolutely stupid. They, they kind of tried that with Eternals, didn't they? They were like, yeah. "I don't know how audiences are going to like this." Fucking Harry Styles, throw Harry Styles at it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Eternals. Is he ever going to get referenced again? Too like, there there are certain characters that pop up that 
you're like, are they going back to these people at any point? Because now the, this feels like we these movies came out years ago. Right. And nothing. They've just been collecting dust, essentially. I think and, they said it's going to be like at least five or six years before we get a Shang-Chi sequel. And it's like, are people going to remember the first movie by then? I, I, I don't even remember the first movie. I try to think of the first movie. So I'm going, I was going through this phase in my head and being like the highs and lows. And Shang-Chi was another one where it had some hits, it had some misses, but like, I've had a good feeling about the character. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, but I, I remember the fight scene on the thing. I remember Wong showing up. I remember the, the bracelets being cool. I actually liked the little fantasy world. I think it was hit or miss for people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that's about it. In like six years. This brain, you see me on the dozen. This brain doesn't fucking just keep everything like a steel trap. We're, we're in sure trouble. I remember Bob. that little pillow guy. That's going to be it for me. <laughs> the, the no post credit scene really pissed me off when every other show has had one i also had a had a thought why not give the entire role of roadie in this show to sharon carter i feel like it would make more sense with her to be like you know in the government because of her family history and her history and shield or whatever we know that she's a bad guy already because of the power broker stuff so that's not like we were looking at Rhodey the whole show with a side eye because we were like, why is he acting bad? He's not bad. Oh, he must be a scroll. What if you reveal Sharon Carter as a scroll in the show? I think that's a better reveal. I think it actually has stakes. I think it actually matters. And it I starts tying things together. Yeah, yep. you start bringing things together, at least with the shows. This was just like, I don't know, man. It, it left me. It left me cringing. It left me confused. I tweeted, who proved that? Like Kevin Feige, he better not have been in the room when that could have proved. He better have been on PTO, some vacation time. I hope he was at Avengers Campus in Disneyland or something. Cause yikes. <gasps> Holy shit. I think I just cracked the case. Do what? you think Kevin Feige is a scroll? Do you think he's been oh. replaced? Cause there's no way the guy responsible for everything that led to the all the uh, events of the infinity saga and infinity war and Endgame just allowed this last like couple years of stuff to come no. out. No. So I think he might, now we have to kind of go, all right, when did he become a scroll? It was definitely after Endgame. It was a post yeah. Endgame scroll. Hmm. It's post Spider-Man. I think no, uh, far from home. That was the first one after Endgame. That was good. Yep. Um, Black Widow was after that, and they started getting into a conflict with uh, Scar, Scar Joe. Yep, yep. That's no good. Would you put it past Dizzy to have scrolls in their midst too? I wouldn't. No. Like, when they're talking, they probably work in, in like in the tunnels of Disney. Yes, just wheeling stuff around. Like that's probably why they told us no pictures when you go backstage. Yeah, because they were afraid that we would take a picture and you'd see a scroll in the background. <laughs> that whiteboard. I want to see that whiteboard and how they are trying to tie this. I always want to see the whiteboard. Let's be honest, but I really yeah. want to see it now and see like, how the fuck do you think a is going to go to B is going to go to C? Cause it, it does not make sense. Yeah. So um, Sharon Carter was a good call though. Like that, that could have been something to at least tie it together. Feels like a little more stakes. They still, even if they had done that secret evasion would have still been completely bone though. Right. Yeah. You can agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it would have been less cheap than Rody. Felt like they just did Rody for the sake of doing Rody. Yeah, yeah. Um, the final montage, though, I liked. I thought the final montage was cool with the uh, paranoia with someone running up to a politician and, like, shooting her while she's giving a press conference, even though she's not a scroll. I, I was called, like, this, this should have been the vibe of the show. I called it Order 66 for scrolls. Like, I yeah. kind of liked how that just all came out. You had vigilantes. And like they said, you have vigilantes killing scrolls rp my dog shooter mcgavin by the way i know you have, they had uh, to kill him off too yeah you have uh you have people killing people that they think are scrolls but they're human so then you have that paranoia side and then you have the scrolls killing all the fucking humans that are trying to kill them so that was fucking awesome that yeah. little bit of the show great. they could have extrapolated put more of that kind of vibes into the show along with some more reveals and I don't think it's asking too much to have really like I don't think it would have been asking too much to do a couple things that could have fixed it and made it like perfectly fine. They just yeah. kept killing Maria Hill. That was the thing. What do we do? Kill Goldie Smolders again. You gotta fucking pay her agent. And I don't think she died this episode. Did you did we see her die? 
they didn't they didn't show the recap this episode. No, no. and and I season. noticed that she didn't she didn't get the uh, the Special credits. Guest. Martin Freeman did. <laughs> he was the first one to get it. Um, but the final montage was great. I thought when they actually shoot Rhodey in the in the head, I was like, whoa, fuck, that was like violent. They show you shooting him through the skull. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. I'm trying to think of any other like positives. Keeping Olivia Coleman alive, like I mentioned. Other than that, with the finale, I mean, they kept it short, I guess, short and sweet, but yeah. So I liked seeing some of the power. Like when Gaia turned in, had the Mantis yeah. thing came out, I liked that. I was like, oh, Mantis, you're here. Hey, what's up, Mantis? Sleep, he goes down. But then all the different arms was so fucking stupid. And I get it, like with the Fantastic Four thing. Oh, you got a couple tweets. Yeah. I got a couple tweets about that, at least. Like, you know. The Super Scroll has the power of all four Fantastic Four members, so it should be. But you're telling me Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel was taking down that ship in Endgame. Like, if you could do that, but you're also Hulk, but you're also Mantis, but you're also the Ice Giant, but you're also, like, too much. Just a little too much. They could have. In the words of Rocky Raccoon, it's it's a bit much. It's a bit much, yep. They could have easily actually probably have been all right if they didn't have Captain Marvel there. And yeah, you, know, you still have the Hulk, which it would have been hard to say, but like Captain Marvel, she showed up for like, uh, you know, she was in there in like the, like the middle of the eighth inning. She didn't come anywhere <laughs> near. So it's like, I know Thanos like, you know, beat her up a little bit, but you could say, oh, didn't get any of her DNA. She's, you know. And are they going to talk somebody. about that? Like he took his friend's DNA without her consent? Oh, it's but, a little weird. Ooh, that's going to be the thing that ends up taking him down is the consent you know? of uh, DNA stuff. Good call, Bob. Good call. Shocked that the president survives, by the way. But yes. Fury gave him that line. Where it was a little corny to me. Where you, you're a one-term president, like, uh, yeah, we get it. Someone's next. Yeah, Harrison's coming in. We know it. So again, we were like, "Up, oh, president's dead meat because Harrison Ford's coming in." Nope. He basically tells you he's going to lose the election to Harrison Ford, which I'm now thinking the election will be during the uh captain america stuff yeah that's what i think is how it's all going to take place it'll go yeah. like one of them that's just my guess and like cool if we're gonna see like a campaign from harrison ford as thunderbolt ross like that would be cool in my eyes but i don't it's another thing that makes this show feel like it's just never going to be referenced because it's like oh we're in the same spot we were beforehand the same guy's president i guess he just hates scrolls now but he's gonna be out of office anyway so he's a real meanie too yeah he pissed fury off he's like what the fuck was that man it's like i saved yeah. your life and you just you know went in on them and poor like i guess kind of just shows talos he fought for all this and it just didn't make a goddamn difference even if he saved the goddamn president's life i guess i mean if you think about it the president almost died from scrolls and was saved by a scroll and that didn't just like wipe it clean in his mind he was like nope must be all bad because even though the guy who saved my life was a scroll and gave his life in the middle of doing yeah. so they <sighs> better reference <sighs> him in the marvels they better have say a little name. reference say say his, his name. fucking name <laughs> i don't care how you pronounce it just say that name uh I was going through my notes looking for some more positives that I'd written down. I don't think I saw any, um, but I did this. You mentioned it before, and I just have to say it again. That Gravic Fury scene was actually kind of cool. You could feel the gravity come out with it, and the Gravic actor, I'm, I'm telling you, he's fucking awesome. He's in Barbie. If you guys didn't see Barbie, yeah. he's great in Barbie, too. And, he you know, he's kind of just a background cam, but he's great. They do that scene, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, that was fucking, like, emotional. And he did it all. To not Nick Fury. So he poured his heart out. And yeah. it wasn't even Nick Fury in the end. Ah! <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? All right. Let's let's uh, let's move on from Secret Invasion. Because, yeah. This is oh, just good. I got one more good thing. I got one more. One more? Thing. Okay. Okay. One, one more good thing to end on. Someone, someone said it. it. This is now in the realm of possibilities in the NCAA. We are or can get Olivia Coleman. And Julia Louis Dreyfus having a showdown. Ooh, that would be a awesome. Sass off. We're gonna have a, a Olivia Coleman, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Civil war. Off. Yeah, like yeah. they they each put a team together. Oh, give us that. But Build you, behind Olivia. You Coleman, have to I nerf think. Gaia immediately. Like the only thing you could do with Gaia's character is introduce a weakness at this point, because <laughs> otherwise she's she's she'll kill Doctor Strange, the Hulk, and Thor in one quick swoop. She has to be like the aliens from Signs that are allergic to water. 
They try to take over <laughs> Earth, and they realize yeah. they're allergic to water, which was again like this. Le- like that was the dumbest fucking twist in the history of movies. Shout out and like Shyamalan. So they might throw in like a Baby Yoda type thing with her, where she could you know get into a fight, but then she's got to take a nap for a sec. <laughs> yeah, I like that. There we go. She takes. She's oh, just passes out. He was so cute when he did that. Throw Baby Yoda in the show. Fuck it. Like you, you can't get yeah. mad when Baby Yoda's in the show. The Man- Mando had a couple of the speed bumps along the way, and Baby Yoda was there to kind of cover them all. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Gaia. Something happens with her. She explodes. I don't know. And then like people just wake up, and I'm like, oh, I can. Like this guy Scott, he just like shoots lasers out of his eyes. Don't know how that happened. Oh, uh, this girl Jean, she has like these psychic powers. Xavier, he has psychic powers too. Just make no, her no, the no. birth of the X Men. I don't fucking know. I'm just- I'm not here for the the Big Bang of Gaia. Whoa, that sounded wrong. Whoa. That sounded Whoa. really wrong. There's a hashtag. <laughs> you could watch Big that in Gaia. Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not here for that introduction of the X Men. Uh, let's talk to the people about C4, WWE and C4. I've got it right here. I've been drinking it during the podcast. I poured it into my WWE cup here. But I've got uh, the Ruthless Raspberry, the Berry Power Bomb. I told you last time, they've been sponsoring the podcast for a while, that they are a partner of the WWE. Now they actually have WWE flavors. And if you're looking to put a little friggin' bulk on, yeah. you're looking to put a little muscle on, look at this. The ultimate WWE C4 pre-workout. So this is awesome. It's got the nectarine guava knockout. uh, 20 servings of it for 20 friggin' pumps. Like Arnold, you get the pump. You you ever see that old Arnold documentary? Get the pump in. Um, I love getting the pump in. So I got to go to C4 for my ultimate pre-workout and the ultimate energy drink. We're recording this early in the morning. By early, I mean 9.45 a.m. And I need the energy that early. WWE superstar and street prophet Montez Ford said C4 and WWE go together like peanut butter and jelly. I agree. And this combination will allow you to unleash your ultimate undisputed performance. It's a supercharged formula of 300 milligrams of caffeine that consumers love so you can work hard and play hard without missing a beat. Available in two flavors, like I told you. You've got the Ruthless Raspberry here, and you've got the Berry Power Bomb over here. Um, You've also got the pre-workout available in a couple flavors, Nectarine Guava Knockout, Bare Knuckle Blood Orange, and Pomegranate Pile Driver. Just sounds badass. I I like that. Honestly, it's like the the Barbie movie with the the Kens when they're all like discovering Rocky and they're like, dude's fucking rock. That's what this (laughs) sounds like to me. C4 Ultimate Energy is the official energy drink of SummerSlam this year, and C4 Ultimate and WWE Collaboration is now available exclusively at GNC. I'm going to SummerSlam this year, as I mentioned. Bring in the nephew, me and my brother, bring in the nine-year-old nephew who's obsessed with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns in the main event. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. We just got good seats with game time. Shout out to them. But I wanted to, in the spirit of that, in the spirit of C4 sponsoring us, sponsoring SummerSlam, tell you about one of my favorite SummerSlam moments that you might be familiar with, but I, I doubt you know the details of. SummerSlam 2005, so I would assume a little after your time it's watching close. wrestling, it's right? It's very close. I might have dabbled, so yeah, let's, let's hear it. Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio in a ladder match for the custody of Rey's son, Dominic. Definitely did not see this. <laughs> That's the best part of wrestling. You never know what's coming in like a match. It's a Mad Libs every time. That that was an absolute Mad Libs, and this is the ultimate Mad Libs. So obviously, you know Ray and Eddie, right? Yes, like, of course. Yeah, yeah. Legends, legends. Lati- if you was don't... he Latino Heat at this point, or was Latino Heat over with? This no, this is Latino, Latino Heat. Yeah. Heat. Um, Eddie and Ray. If you don't know, if you're not a wrestling fan, two guys that started their career in Mexico in the '90s. Uh, the both both wrestled for AAA, which is like a huge company in Mexico. Introduced to America in 1995 when Paul Heyman brings them to ECW. They kind of rise through the ranks together as friends, fan favorites. And Eddie is Dominic's godfather outside of the ring, so everyone oh, knows okay. that they're actually like boys outside the ring. Eddie jumps to WWE in 2000. Ray comes in 2002, a couple years later. And Ray's always portrayed as a family guy on screen. He has Dominic on his shoulders as he wins his first title, the WWE Cruiserweight title. Eddie and Ray then win the tag titles together in late 2004, early 2005. 
And at that year's WrestleMania, they have a friendly exhibition. Did they have they a team name? Each other. I think they were just Eddie and, and Ray. I'm okay. pretty sure. They might have been Latino Heat. I love, I just love when they have a good team name. You know, I love the rock and sock connection. Even if they're, they're two individual wrestlers and then they get a name. I always love stuff like that. I love that. You know what I always loved too, when they would combine theme songs, if if like wrestlers got a mashup of themes, once they joined a tag team, I love that. But after the friendly exhibition at WrestleMania 21, Eddie turns on Ray, of course. And Eddie says, I'm going to reveal a huge family secret about you Rey Mysterio everyone is pleading with Eddie even Eddie's family on screen please don't do this Eddie it's not worth it you know so the families get involved and they say let's have a match to settle this if Ray wins the secret is safe if Eddie wins you get to reveal the secret so they have the match at the great American bash Ray wins so the secret is safe huge moment for the Mysterio family they're crying they're hugging each other You got to know three things about Eddie Guerrero. He lies, he cheats, and he steals. (laughs) He lied. So he just revealed the secret anyway. And this is the secret. Eddie and his wife, while they were separated, Ray and his wife were having trouble having a baby. This girl came to Eddie Guerrero with a baby and said, Eddie, this is your bastard son. And he said, I don't want anything to do with that baby. But he took the baby anyway, and he gave it to Ray and his wife to raise and that baby's dominic wow that is hardcore wwe writing right there this is seven-year-old bob fox watching this (laughs) seven years old my mind is blown and i'm terrified and i'm like is this gonna happen to me one day where child protective services come into play and they you know get custody papers involved and they take dominic away and they're like listen the only way to solve this is obviously a ladder match where the contract hangs in the balance and the custody papers hang in the balance. So at SummerSlam 2005, they had a ladder match with, you know, a clipboard literally hanging with the custody papers that you could sign. Eddie's wife, Vicky, in the front row, Ray's wife, Ray's kid, Dominic, in the front row as well. And like they get involved. Dominic jumps into the ring, tries to shake the uh, ladder while Eddie's on it. Vicky comes and tips the ladder while Eddie's on it. Cause she, even Eddie's wife is like, you're crazy. I don't want mm-hmm. anything to do with this. In the end, Ray wins huge moment. I was hugging my family, like mm-hmm. thanking God for Ray's family. And now Dominic Mysterio is in the WWE. He wrestled against Ray Mysterio at WrestleMania last year. He'll be at SummerSlam this year. He's in the judgment day. He's kind of like a shit heel now, but he has more heat than maybe anyone in the company. It's great. Really? That much? Yeah. Wow. And he's he's rocking an Eddie Guerrero mullet as well in like tribute to Eddie. Nice. That is uh that's a great moment right there. Seven year old Bob Fox. I mean, some of the family issues come out. Like I remember when, back when I was around that age, that was when Macho Man and Elizabeth were going through their issues and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So that's awesome. I actually have a SummerSlam moment. You want to hear my SummerSlam? Oh, moment? please, yeah. As soon as you said SummerSlam, I immediately like two things. First of all, highway to hell. Uh, Stone Cold Undertaker. You heard that song so many times building up to it. And At it the was Garden. And it went to the Garden, obviously. And just, I don't even remember anything of the match. I just remember the build up to it was so incredible. But the big SummerSlam match, as soon as you said SummerSlam, my mind went there. And it was probably one of the first SummerSlams I had watched. <clears throat> 1990 SummerSlam, eight year old climb, this was. And it was Earthquake versus Hulk Hogan. And I'm a diehard Hogan guy. And I was watching it with my family. I still remember we like we called up the cable company to get the pay-per-view. It was such an old – it was the first – I did the call. I heard like the little, okay, you're now blah, blah, blah. You can now watch Wrestle, uh, SummerSlam 1990. And it pops up on the screen. You have your snacks out. All the boys are there with their dads. It was beautiful. And my boy was there, my boy Joe Lightning, as I've called him, because he always had lightning in Mario Kart because he was so bad at it. And we're just diehard Hulkamaniacs. We have the shirts. We're eating our prayers, eating our prayers, <laughs> saying our vitamins. Eating your prayers. Listen to this. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're saying our prayers, eating our vitamins. And Earthquake, just, you know, somehow Earthquake, who's just this big dude, uh, a unit. He's a just, skullet. Yeah, he, you he don't think the, that, uh, 
mullet, but he's bald on top. <laughs> skull it. Yep, that's a very good point. Which no Hogan way. had as well, I guess, and so yes, did Macho Man. Some of the <laughs> best wrestlers ever rocked skullets. That's that's basically like how you get into wrestling, I think, is to have a skullet. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way Earthquake's going to even touch Hogan. Hogan's a big, it's the big show. He's going to show up, blah, blah, blah. And somehow, some way, Earthquake has the upper hand. Who would have thought? And he does the Earthquake, which people don't, don't know. The opponent would be down in the middle of the ring. He would start jumping on the ring saying the earthquake <laughs> splash is coming. And he just kept doing the earthquake splash, which is he runs off the ropes and just puts his big ass right on him. And he keeps doing it. And my buddy Joe Lightning goes, we got to get out of here. He's going to kill him. He's going to kill him. <laughs> and we're just two Hulkamaniacs that think we're about to watch our idol just get killed on screen. And I was like, I was like, I, I can't leave, but I was ready to. And Joe Lightning left the room, and obviously, you just because a fat guy keeps sitting on him, <laughs> fat guy keeps sitting <laughs> on him, and you know what He's happens? Gonna die. <laughs> he hulks up again, you know, blocks a punch, shakes no, hits him, big leg drop, one, two, three, and that was like, not only did my hero win, my hero survived. He survived. Oh, yeah. It was unbelievable to this day. That's like, honestly, when wrestling means it's most to you. That is what I think of is when I thought Hulk Hogan was going to be uh, flattened to a pancake by Earthquake's ass. Yeah, no, that's a great one. I don't know if it's SummerSlam 1990, if it's that match, or if it's different, if it's a rematch of Earthquake and Hogan. But there's an all-time like chair shot in one of those matches to Earthquake's back, I think. Right after he takes like a horrible shot. It's so funny, though. Me and my brother would re-watch it over and over and over again. <laughs> Earthquake and Typhoon, the natural disasters. That's an all-time tag Great team. Great team name of two individuals. Great team name. Jimmy, Jimmy Mouth of the South. And that's always what people say. It's like me, Eddie, are the, the natural disasters, and Dave's are our Jimmy Hart on the dozen. I love that. <laughs> Shout out Jimmy Hart, by the way. He has looked the exact same for my entire lifetime he has not changed we i actually just had a conversation the day if jimmy Hart was still alive because it's like been forever oh, yeah. he was like no spring chicken back in the day either you know like he was, didn't look old but uh, i guess he still doesn't look old so shout out to him no. he looks He's, the exact same picture jimmy hart the way you remember him that's how he looks right now jimmy hart is oh my god born 1944 shout out jimmy hart man uh, 79 years old from Jackson, Mississippi. I, I had asked this question. I didn't think it was, I was like, he's not related to the Hart brothers. Right. And he is no. not, he's not part of that, but that would have been amazing if he was like the runt of the hearts where everyone else being wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. Like Jimmy, you're going to be a manager. You don't really have like what it takes to be a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> you just got the hair, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the poof. All right. That was my mom's basement for this week. I'm glad we could bring the vibes up with uh, some yes. good SummerSlam memories at the Thank end. Thank you, there. C4. That was Thank that was you, needed. C4. And I think for the uh, next week, we'll have a couple more SummerSlam memories before the pay-per-view itself. So appreciate C4 for sponsoring the pod and at least bringing the vibes up after we recapped a not-so-great Marvel finale. But you know what? Now we've got some time off between the next show and, and this show. Next show for us will be Ahsoka. We're finally going to do that Boogie Nights podcast. Yes. Yes. Let's go. So maybe next week. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. If there's nothing, I, I don't think there's anything else in the meantime. So yeah, let's rock and roll with that. What's next the, week uh, we'll do. Yeah. Boogie Nights. What was the hashtag? Uh, something, something Gaia explosion of Gaia or what I was think it? It was like a guy getting banged or something. <laughs> guy getting pounded. What did I say? It was something bad. Big I bang. Didn't like the big of bang, of Gaia. Big bang, the of, big Gaia. bang of Gaia. Yeah. That's <laughs> oof. Gross. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Go watch Boogie Nights. That's your homework. We'll be talking about it on the show next week.